Hey guys, it's Ed, and I'm coming to you live from the Drunk Gossip Studios here in New York City. And it has been a weekend, let me tell you. <laughs> um, uh, actually, I, I had a really good weekend. Um, Will and I are planning on um, filming a short movie next weekend. Um, or not next weekend, this coming weekend. <laughs> um, and I'm going to get into some hardcore writing, which will be good because I've really been lacking lately, which is not a good thing. <laughs> Speaking of getting back into things, in case you haven't heard the news yet, Shannon Doherty has signed on to be in what is tentative, tentatively being titled BH90210. This is that um, 90210 reboot where um, the cast is playing exaggerated versions of themselves. And they're saying um, it's kind of like Curb Your Enthusiasm. And I'm here for it. I mean, I was was kind of on the fence of of whether or not I wanted to watch it um, before Shannon joined. Because... Honestly, Shannon Doherty was my favorite um, from the original series. And when she left, I kind of lost interest. Um, you know, I would still watch because I loved Tiffany Amber Thiessen. Um, but, you know, you, you kind of went from Brenda, who was, who was the good girl who did bad things, to the bad girl who did horrible things and wasn't really redeemable at all. Um, obviously the show outlasted uh, Shannon Doherty's exit after season four, but it was never really the same, and the ratings, um, they, they stayed pretty decent, but they, they started slipping, um, because Brenda Walsh was the show, or at least a major focus of the show. Um, one of the things that I'm hearing, though, with the, with her signing is that uh, Jenny Garth and Tori Spelling are not necessarily pleased that she's coming back. And that's because um, there was a huge falling out when she left. And none of them really ever got over it. Um, but it... But Fox executives were like, no Shannon, no, no show. So I think they announced the, the pickup at, as soon as they figured that they were far enough along in negotiations with Shannon that it wasn't going to fall apart. Um... That being said, in in an article I wrote this weekend, um, titled um, "What BH Nine Hundred Two Needs to Do," I actually say one of the things that I'm really hoping they do, since they're playing exaggerated versions of themselves, is I really, really hope they capitalize on the feud in the. 
the anger between the three women. Not because, you know, I'm one of those who's like, oh, yay, women fighting. No, but I think there's an interesting storyline there. Um, you know, and I, with Luke Perry being gone, um, I really hope that Shannon Doherty gets the majority of the I Miss Luke um, stories because I think that's really, really important. Um, you know, uh, not only were her and Luke really good friends towards the end of his life, um, but their super couple status is one of the reasons that the show took off and became such a part of our zeitgeist. Um, so, it's, and, and I'm really curious as to how many tabloid stories are going to be coming out about hookups and whatnot. Um, I almost fell, just so you guys know. Okay, so you guys don't know this, but I'm always walking around when I'm recording. Maybe you do know it. Maybe you can tell. I don't know. Um, But anyways, I almost fell. So I think that's a sign that I need to go and come right back. And I'm back. So we've been talking about the Josie Smollett story for ever now. Um... (laughs) Since January, at the very least. And one of the one of the things that you really come to expect from this story is to expect the unexpected. Um, and that, you know, the other story that's like that is the Wendy Williams divorce. Uh, but this, the Josie Smollett is almost like a weird legal thriller that just keeps going and going and going and doesn't know that it's overstayed its welcome. Um, And one of the... Part of the fallout from um, Jesse Smollett having all the charges dismissed is Kim Fox and her team, who are prosecutors in Chicago, have really come under fire for that decision. There's a lot of people saying that Jesse Smollett got special treatment, because he's a celebrity, because he's black, because he's gay. Um, Some people believe that um, Kamala Harris may have played a part in this. Others say Michelle Obama. Most of the people who are are throwing out um, Ms. Harris and Mrs. Obama are... um, are are far right people, but it does, um, it it does go to show a point here that the oddness of this case is really kind of, I don't want to say trickling in, but it's really kind of making people question politi- politicians especially and and they should 
So one of one of the things that happened over this weekend was um a retired appellate judge, um, Sheila O'Brien subpoenaed um Kim Fox, her deputy Joseph Maggots, and she wants Jesse Smollett to appear in her um in court and give a deposition. Um, Miss O'Brien says Fox's conflict in this matter is beyond dispute. Um, she also claims that Fox should have sought a special um, prosecutor. And then continue to say, instead, Fox misled the public into believing that Smollett's case was handled like any other prosecution and without influence. And... There's a lot of people saying this. I don't know anything about um, Judge O'Brien other than she's doing this since she's retired. I'm not quite sure how a retired judge can do any of this. Um, Again, that's probably because I haven't done any research on her. Sorry, Will. Um, But it's going to be interesting to see how this all shakes out because I think a lot of people are expecting... And planning for uh, Kim Fox to resign. I don't think that's going to happen. Um, if we harken back to um, a blind that we talked about in one of these um, Jesse Smollett episodes, um, Blind Gossip actually stated that Kim Fox has higher aspirations, or aspirations for a higher office, I should say. And she was told by someone higher up on the food chain, hey, this isn't a good look for us. This isn't... We need the story to die. Um, so it's not quite clear what happened. And again, I don't understand why the... I think what's tripping everyone up is that the fact that the records were sealed. That... That seems to be um, what is really aggravating everyone. I mean, uh, outside of the charges being dropped, but I think that would have been... It would have been a big story for a day or two, and then something else would have taken its place if if the records hadn't been sealed. Um, so it's really interesting to me that they had those sealed. Um, you know, and Kim Fox has said, we this was not a winnable case. We overcharged. You know, he could easily poke holes in the story and, and get reasonable doubt. Of course, in the court of public opinion, it doesn't seem like there's a whole lot of reasonable doubt here, but... Um, that is what it is. And it's not likely he's going to be charged with anything else. Um, I know people kept saying that there were um, federal investigations, but I'm not seeing anything where that's, that's a concern. I'm going to go and I'm going to be right back. And I'm back. So we all know that. Hollywood right now is in love with reboots and revivals and all that. And especially when um, the reboot or the revival can mark 
a special anniversary. Think Will and Grace's um, 20th anniversary of premiering. Um, and they brought back, well, they came back um, with the first season of the revival. Um, I, I believe Roseanne had a, a big um, a big anniversary as well. I just don't remember what it was off the top of my head. Um, so Glee has, um, Glee is celebrating 10 years since it premiered. And there's, apparently there was talk of a revival of Glee. I don't know who or what or how this came about because literally it just ended four years ago. And the, and I know, um, like American Idol showed, you don't have to have time between your, between the original series and the revival, but you kind of should. Um... And so Matthew Morrison, who played Mr. Shu on the show, decided, and, and here, let me just say this. Maybe he decided to start rumors of a Glee revival by saying that he wasn't going to do one. Um, because that's the only thing that makes sense. I, like, I, I scoured trying to find any references to a Glee revival, and I did not find any. Here's what he says. Not happening, not for me. It was such a moment in time, and it was a perfect moment. But they've had shows that tried to recreate what we did, and none of them really worked. Um, And then he goes on to talk about the cast and how um, they're all still friends and they still talk. He said, we're all very connected still. We're very involved in each other's lives so that we can help support one another. Like if Darren Chris or Leah Michelle have a show... Then a bunch of us will show up. And which I think is really fantastic. Um, you know, you always hear about how co-stars hate one another or they don't get along or... Um, you know, there's all these different things that you hear about. But... Very rarely is it nice things... Um, so, you know, I, I'm really glad that they're all friends and whatnot, but a Glee revival wouldn't work at all. And I, I keep going back to say that because the whole concept of the show is struggling. Glee Club is taken over by idealistic teacher. And... Um, they they become popular. And it deals with topical high school um, concerns, for lack of a better word, issues. Um, so why wouldn't it work now? First of all, Glee is so connected to Leah Michelle, Chris Colfer, Jane Lynch... And to a lesser extent, yes, Matthew Morrison. Uh, that it would be very, very difficult for them to make this work. Um, but more than that, um, let's let's take a look at the original what Ryan Murphy was originally trying to do. 
So originally he knew obviously the um the original group would age out. They would have to graduate high school at some point. So what he I don't remember I think it was season two. It could have been season three. What he did is he decided to start sprinkling in younger kids to keep the show fresh and going. But none of the newer kids worked. Um, they, the, the original group just kind of outshined them and it was very difficult for the newer kids to break out in any, in any way that mattered. So I think a a Glee Lake show, like a spinoff, could work. Um, You know, they always had um, sectionals and regionals and all that. Why not take one of those groups and kind of, you know, rebrand it like Glee, um, the Warblers, or or something like that. If you want to do a continuation or do a spinoff in and get that money rolling again, I think that's the best way to do it. Revisiting Glee, revisiting um, all of this is just not going to work. And you, and the other thing was, you know, they tried to follow um, Chris Colfer and Leah Michelle to New York. And I actually think that that, that storyline had potential. But not when you crammed it into... And then you were still trying to show the, the, the teenage life. Again, a spinoff would have been, worked perfectly here. Even a limited series, like six episodes or so. You know, they go, they do the show, and then they come back. Speaking of going and coming back, that's exactly what I'm going to do. And I'm back. And as we talked about on... Um, a uh, previous episode, um, I look look what gossip made me do back on Friday. Taylor Swift dropped a new single called "Me," and it's racked up. I don't know, like a hundred million views on YouTube. It's expected to debut at number one on on the Billboard Hot 100 chart. Um. And over the weekend, there were two things that people were talking about. Taylor Swift's Me and Avengers Endgame. And here's the thing. I didn't see Endgame this weekend because, well, you couldn't. <laughs> I, I mean, I wanted to. I, and I do plan on going to see it. It looks like a good movie. And the reviews are out and it seems like um, people agree with me. Um, my cousin Josh certainly does. He thinks it's, it's fantastic. Um, but the Taylor Swift song surprisingly is not, um, gaining that much critical attention or it is, but not in the way that she had hoped. It's, seems like she went just did a complete 180 so with the with the reputation era 
Taylor Swift was kind of like, kind of more or less embracing this bad girl persona, you know, um, and look what you made me do. She says, the old Taylor can't come to the phone right now because she's dead. But in me, the old Taylor Swift is not dead. But old Taylor Swift is out there in, in, in full form. In full deplorable form. Now, Taylor Swift herself is not deplorable. Mandy, don't kill me. Um, you know, she's, she's been doing a lot of good. Um, she's encouraged people to vote. Um, she gave $113,000 to um, a Tennessee LGBT um, cause. And, you know, these are, these are things that I personally care about. And I really am happy to see her um, using her celebrity for good. But at the same time, I'm not going to embrace whatever her, her storyline is for the upcoming album. Um, and what I mean by that is, in multiple articles that I read throughout the weekend... They kept calling me a comeback single. And it's not. Um, delicate, while it wasn't a, it wasn't a huge um, number one or anything, I believe it actually was a top ten single. And it, it charted forever and a day. Um, a comeback single is when a singer voluntarily... Or forcibly goes away and then they come back and release new music. Um, the example I used in Comeback Needs to Be Retired, my one of my new articles, um, is Britney's Womanizer. Um, she was forced um, she was forced to go away. Her CD blackout got no Absolutely no um, promotional um, support from the record label. And, 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 you know, just for the record, it still did fairly well. It sold 500,000 copies. Um, Gimme More and Peace of Me both charted. But she was forced to go away and take a break and get herself together. Um, there was a conservatorship. And then she came back with Womanizer. Womanizer is a comeback single. Um, Santana Smooth, another example I used in that same article. Um, he went away for a long, long time. Um, my research indicated like 30 years. I don't know if that's quite accurate or not. Um, but he, he went away for a while and Smooth was his comeback single. And it was a huge, huge hit. Taylor Swift starting a new era in her career is not a comeback. It's commonplace. You know, it's like calling Madonna's new single a comeback. Madonna never went away. Taylor Swift definitely never went away. Just ask Mandy. She evades her nightmares. Or... Invades, I should say. She invades Mandy's nightmares. Um, so, no. 
Me is not a comeback single. Me is just a single. And that sounded like really bad English. <laughs> Alright. Me gonna go and come right back. And I'm back. So another of the stories that um, started reverberating around the internet this weekend is um, more on the Wendy Williams-Kevin Hunt divorce. So Kevin Hunt called the cops on Wendy Williams, which seems to be a reverse of what we've come to know and expect from him since he wouldn't let the cops talk to Wendy um, when they were trying to do their wellness check when he was accused of poisoning her. Well, it turns out that he called the cops on her because she was trying to take her possessions um, over to her new apartment in New York City. And he was just not having that. Especially um, since he's been cut off financially. Allegedly, he's been cut off for, for weeks now. She's cut off his access to the bank accounts and to his credit cards, which there's nothing he can do about because it's all hers. But the stuff in the house, he figured he could at least try to keep. And that's exactly what he tried to do. Um, So he called the cops to keep her from taking things. Uh, And the cops basically kind of made them come up with a compromise um, that said, hey, you know, you can take this and this and this, but not this or this. And Wendy went along with it. I don't know if it was more to keep the peace for their son or because she has something planned. Um, People around her say she is hoping that he gets nothing. And if she's following the gossip blogs like I am, she's going to know what's actually happening. According to an item on Blind Gossip... Kevin Hunt has been stealing her jewelry and either pawning it to pay for his mistresses or giving the jewelry to to his mistresses. And, you know, every time she would, like, look for something and she couldn't find it, she just figured it was temporarily misplaced... And would wear something else instead. And and they say it's because, you know, she has a ton of jewelry. Um, Kevin would buy her jewelry when he messed up or when she was sad or whatever. He would go out and use her money to buy her some jewelry and make her feel good. So she had thousands and thousands and thousands of pieces... And that's how he was able to steal it. And then NT Lawyer, over on Crazy Days and Nights, also says that Kevin Hunt is stealing um, Woody Williams' possessions and selling it in order to accommodate the lifestyle to which he's become become accustomed. Um, At this stage... He's not getting any kind of alimony and he doesn't have a job. 
so it's going to be really interesting to see um, what happens with this um, and how um, Wendy fully untangles herself from this web that she's in. I mean, a lot of it is, of course, by her own design. Um, you know, she chose to have him act as her manager, as an executive producer on the Wendy Williams show, um, and as co-owner of their production company. But I can kind of see why as well. Like, you know, this is your husband, and he doesn't necessarily have any other talents. And you want him to feel like a man, and, you know, like he's contributing to the house. Um... But after everything she suffered at his hands, she does not deserve this kind of bullshit. I really, really hope she lays down an ass whooping on him and just says, you know what? No. Mm-mm. This, this, is, this is not happening. I am not paying for you. I'm not paying for your mistresses. And... You know what? Get off your butt and go get a real job, you bum. Because that's what she needs to do. Um, You know, I really think that this next phase for her is going to be very transformational and just really wonderful, to be honest. You know, she really needs it, and... She, you know, she deserves to be happy. And I was just thinking, like, when I got tongue-tied there for a second, um, this all kept processing in my mind, and I just want to share it with you all. Him stealing her jewelry and other possessions is probably the most normal story we've got from this couple since this divorce began. Actually, probably before this divorce began, since we learned that his mistress gave birth to his alleged child. Um, wow. This is, this is a crazy situation that is tailor-made for a soap opera. You can't make this stuff up. Anyways, that's going to do it for me for today. As always, thank you so much for listening. And until next time, cheers.